2: League show. Time runs out for Big Mick at Cardiff. Blackpool peerless against Preston. And Jackson proves management is as easy as A B C, giving a preemptive welcome back to Norwich City.
1: Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday.
2: This is the Totally Football League Show in association with Paddy Power. <laughs> Welcoming them one and all to our house of EFL. Joining me, Matt, and you, listener today, are from Sky Sports, Michelle Owen. Hello, Matt. Hello, Michelle, from TalkSport and the world of rock, is a long overdue return for Ian Danter. Hi, Dance. Matt, how are you? All right, thanks. Yeah, bearing bearing up, given what I saw yesterday. More of that later. <laughs> oh, don't do <laughs> Finally with us today, our resident stalwart from just about any media organisation you care to name. It's Adrian Clark. Hello. Long time no speak, Matt. Yeah, it's been days. Uh, loads to get through today. So let's head straight to the championship, shall we?
3: You're listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network.
2: Championship headlines, an eighth defeat in a row spells the end for McMack at Cardiff. No such woes for Bournemouth, the Cherries are top, unbeaten and five points clear. A good weekend all round for fruit Moniker clubs as the informed tangerines of Blackpool go top half after a delectable derby day. Things less blue at the Blues as Deeney dunks one in. And there are seven teams on 21 points from Luton in fifth Blackpool in 11th. Uh, we're going to start in Cardiff though, where after the Bluebirds' latest loss, this time to Middlesbrough, Mick McCarthy was wished all the best in his future endeavours. Uh, dance, we always like to g- give managers time, etc. Not call for people to get sacked, but it's difficult to uh, to do anything but agree with this one, isn't it, unfortunately?
1: Unfortunately, eight defeats is, is bad enough. When you factor into that just one goal scored, in those eight defeats during that time, that just compounds the the, the horror of that run. So um, many a chief executive would have made that sort of decision. It's no great surprise when you actually look at Mick's win percentage at Cardiff. It's not wildly different to any of the win percentages he's had at other clubs like Ipswich. Um, Sunderland was a little higher, I think, when he when he had that sort of a purple patch when he was up there at the Stadium of Light. But um it seemed that it seemed to consume him and Terry Connor to a point where Cardiff were trying a different lineup and a different formation every single game trying desperately to find that balance and blend and that desperation just it just comes across doesn't it because there's no continuity between team selection from game to game
2: where does he go next do you think Michelle is is this the end is it sort of chris hutton energy to this dismissal
4: um I don't think so. I think he went, I don't think people will forget that he went in there and he went unbeaten for his first eleven, uh, which is pretty incredible. And that's what he got the two or two and a half year contract off the back of, isn't it? So I think he went in there and he's maybe he maybe he starts being labeled as the manager that comes in and gets teams out of trouble. I don't know, but he's put Cardiff right into trouble, unfortunately. but there's much more to this than just Mitt McCarthy. The summer business was terrible. They let a lot of good players go. a lot of experienced championship players go. Where's the width from that team? I don't really know. I know Giles did a job for a little while, but watching the last couple of games, completely uninspiring. You know, they were relying on Kiefer Moore last year, who banged in, I think it was 20 goals. He's got one this season. How things have changed for him as well. So I'm not sure. I don't think it's the end for Mick McCarthy. I think these managers will pop up again, like Chris Shewton. But it's a pretty, pretty rough end, eight in a row, defeated. It's, it's pretty
2: poor. Uh, Adrian I'm going to get your views on, on who follows next and Cardiff in general shortly but before we leave Mick McCarthy producer Abby managed to obtain an exclusive recording of his farewell note to Vincent Tan we can hear that now
5: Dear Tan, I meant to write to you sooner But I've been out with Smithies You said you give me two more years, how long are we? Look, I'm really flattered that you gave me that But here's the thing, I'm just not getting the best out of Marlin Pack I'm sorry I didn't see out in the road There's so many things are rue It's not just being rude Don't think it's all being intentional just to diss you But what's up with these players? It's mad too Like, they got no NG from Perry and the crew You've got some issues Tan I think you need some clearing out though To help stop your team from bouncing all down to League 2 and what's all this about needing more dollar that makes no sense and you shouldn't have bought max Waters. i hope you read this letter when you find the time before you try buy stockton bonn or even scott twine if you just give Kiefer us a bit more line, but Tan, why are you so bad at picking out managers and trying to impress fans? They just don't want you to do that crazy biz man. I just always thought we might be together forever, you know, whatever the weather, bakuna matata. That's what we said together. And there'll be some flight left for those bluebird mans, but come to end now. And that's goodbye to you,
1: Vincent Tan.
4: It's awful and brilliant in equal measure. <laughs> Ah,
1: oh, Bakuna matata. We've got your number, Abby. So um, we'll we'll let you know. The, ri- the rhyme with Bond, Stockton,
6: and Twine was good. that was a very good <laughs> one. Like that, it a- it's award-winning stuff.
1: Oh. It, it,
2: it's why she's always always bringing home awards on the weekly. Extraordinary stuff. Good to get that exclusive <laughs> from Mick in there. Um, we will move on though. Clarkie, Chris oh. Wilder seems to be the favourite. He's he's backed into evens with some bookies. He was spotted at, at Cardiff game recently. He's been spotted at pretty much every championship game this season. But I'm looking down at my notes here. Cardiff have had 11 managers in 11 years. He left his last job after a row with
6: those above him. Is he going to be the best fit for a club as unstable as Cardiff? Uh, yeah, it is unstable, isn't it? And and you've got to look at the, the sort of squad that he's that going to inherit as well. I think Michelle's right. It's, it's a squad that really lacks creativity uh, it's lopsided and, and they need more imagination. It's it's a squad that's built to play the McCarthy way. Um, Chris Wilder is probably the best manager uh, available. And I think he's got broad enough shoulders to, to take on a, a tricky job. But I just got the feeling with Newport going down the route of a really young, uh, modern coach, Swansea, Doing that over the years. I just feel that, that Cardiff might not be able to resist the temptation to to follow suit. So I, I think they might go with a younger guy that's going to play an attractive style of football. But the problem with that is that the players are, are not really built for that. I'm not saying they can't do it, but, but he would need a lot of new faces in January and, and beyond. Brian Barry Murphy is one name that's been mentioned. Um, Mike Flynn another and Jody Morris as well. Um, So, so look, there are options there, but if you want safety, if you want someone to sort of keep you up and work with what you've got, then Wilder is probably the safest choice if he wants it. If I'm Wilder, I might swerve this one and and, and wait for a, a, a more secure opportunity.
1: I agree with the Michael Flynn suggestion. When, he left newport the noises off almost straight away was oh I wonder whether that means he fancies you know going in at cardiff let's let's face it the stories were there from from moment one and what he did with newport he changed them into a much more possession passing based team from what was a much more agricultural side that he first inherited so he's got some good coaching credentials early on it's not that far down the m4 he might he might fancy that from a geographical point of view
4: dance. His family's all from the area and they've been there for years. So that one could could add up. I just think whoever comes in, you're coming off the back of Neil Harris, Neil Warnock and Mick McCarthy that play a certain style of football. So if it is someone that wants to play passing football, like the guys just said there, you've got to do some serious squad overhauling with respect to the players there.
2: Yeah, it might be a long season for them, um, Dance, Before we move on from this, Abby tells me that you were her muse for her Mick McCarthy impression. So, so perhaps we could we could hear what Mick thinks about Chris Wilder being the uh, the number one contender to replace him.
1: Well, first of all, it's clear that not much of my musings have rubbed off uh, on <laughs> our esteemed colleague. Uh, although, of course, you know there are slight uh, vocal issues uh, with that. I'm not sure that uh, Abby can quite get that low. Maybe if she. Gargled on glass for half an hour. That might uh, might help her out a little bit. (laughs) But 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 with Mick, it's more you know sackcloth and ashes, dear old dear. Not gonna get carried away with a win. Not gonna get too disappointed with getting the sack again. So I'll be back like the Terminator.
4: (laughs) That's really good.
1: (laughs) Don't Uh, encourage him, Michelle. Don't encourage. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, the wind changes. I'll stay like it.
2: Uh, well, it wasn't a great weekend for the Championship's Welsh contingent. Swansea also lost going down 2-1 to Birmingham. Uh, Ian, this was the very definition of a lovely old job for you, wasn't it? No wins in seven before this, but loads of boxers ticked here. Biggest crowd of the season, first Dini goal, recovering from the setback of conceding to go on and win it. It's just what you
1: wanted. Have that. Have that. Um, we haven't played all that badly d- during the, the, the winless run, although I think we were quite poor at Huddersfield. In midweek last week, although we still came away with a point from that game, but Michelle will know she hosted the coverage of the West Brom game where Birmingham, or it wasn't a great watch as a game of football, but Birmingham did okay that night, and you know I deserved a point I think. You know, Carlan Grant playing the part of uh, Richard Snaker's uh, for those Birmingham fans who remember West Brom defeats of old in the 90s, but yeah, he's made Deeney captain Lee Bowyer. Um, which is an interesting dynamic for what that means for the dressing room. Harley Dean has not played the last couple. George Friend has been reintegrated into a three-man defence. Dion Sanderson, who impressed me when I saw him on loan at Cardiff, um, his, his previous loan to, to, to Birmingham from Wolves, he's playing well. And the, the one name I really want to mention in this is the Australian Riley McGree, who has... He's only on a short-term deal. I think... I think we have to get something sorted with him fairly swiftly, otherwise he could be off somewhere. But he's an Australian that's proved very, very versatile since Lee Bowyer came in. I remember seeing him play as left wing back almost in a game at Brentford towards the end of last season in a 0-0 draw. Uh, and I'm so delighted for him that he got the second goal because he'll play anywhere he's asked to play. I think he's probably a number 10 or a, you know one of those three behind a front man. But I hope we can keep him, Matt, because a player like Riley McGree is... Just what every single squad needs, a utility player that can play in three or four different positions and doesn't mind playing in those three and four different positions.
2: Hell of a name as well. Uh, Clucky. <laughs> where have you got Birmingham finishing this season? I'm looking at the table. They're on 16 points in 18. So that's only five off the playoffs, but only seven off the bottom three. Kind of difficult <laughs> to get a read on
6: anybody in that position <laughs> at the moment. It's really hard. It, it is. I think earlier on in the season, you would have said, look, they've got playoff potential. And, and the last few weeks, you'd have said, well, they're in, they're in banging trouble. I think probably somewhere in between is is where they'll end up, if, if truth be told. I do rate Lee Bowyer. I think he's quite a smart tactician. Um, Chong is is looking really bright in fits and starts. He's not found that consistency yet. But they do have a, a match winner in him, don't they? And, and yeah, I think look, in this game, they, they prove what they are, really. And that's a team that, that doesn't really want that much of the ball but but they can break hard and fast and and they did that with 28 possession 28% possession they they created the best chances didn't they in, in the game hogan really could have had a couple he was just offside for the one that was disallowed the the other one the one on one he should have scored so look that yeah they've got good players if deeney can fire in open play they've also got the option of Yukovich. It's 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 not doom and gloom. I, I don't think at, at Birmingham at all. I think they have the look of some a team that should be around mid table, possibly nicking a place in the playoffs if they if they time a run at the right stage of the season. But honestly, behind the likes of Bournemouth, Fulham, Well, Bournemouth and Fulham are the best two teams. Then West Brom, but I don't really like their style. <laughs> Beyond that, is there that much difference between? most of the teams in the championship I'm not not sure there is
2: and you'd put Swansea in that category as well Michelle I think wouldn't you this was back down to earth after those two great wins where do you think they are at this stage
4: well if you'd asked me on Thursday morning I would have said potential playoff contenders I just couldn't believe this result when I saw it and then looking back on the game seeing the highlights and, and what happened I don't know because I really thought they were starting to crack it under Russell Martin I'm not saying one bad result means they're not but they're all of the ball again and didn't do a lot with it. I think Jake Bidwell, he was um, out because he'd just had a baby, so congratulations to him, but they really missed him. I don't know about Corey Smith and that deeper role for Swansea. He he, he used to play there all the time, but I think actually he offers something more further forward as well now. And then I thought Cham coming in would be exciting after he did well off the bench against West Brom midweek. And Jamie Patterson was really quiet after being... So informative, so credit to him for keeping them quiet. And um, I just it's I don't hard, know, where Michelle, to Honestly, it's, I don't
6: know, it's hard, it's hard to put three big performances together back to back yeah. in a week. And I, I think, I think tired, that, they, look I yeah, they
4: looked tired, didn't they, Clarke? I thought they looked tired from
6: what I saw. I think sometimes you just get a bit jaded, and it's not even always in your legs, is it? It's like you just might your mind isn't isn't whirring around quite as fast as it was for the derby for, for the game against West Brom. It's I'm not saying this after the Lord Mayor's show, but they, they were on such highs and then they go to Birmingham and there's em, banks of empty seats because of the stands there. And and sometimes it works like that against yeah, a pumped I, I, up team.
4: I, I don't think, you know, it's like a, I don't think it's a terrible defeat or anything, but I just find it hard to place them because I've seen the very best of them. And then you see, they have all the ball and again, they don't know what to do with it. So I, I think the playoffs might be a stretch for them this season, but if they go on a run... Who, like we just said, who knows? Very non-committal answer. There you go.
1: I tell you what, though, Matt. As a Birmingham fan, I dream, I dream of a season of mid-table mediocrity. I, we, I long for it. After the plug hole circling we've been doing the last four or five years, twelfth position and nondescript. It's beautiful. Please, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have that right now. And there's, there's a certain charm to that. Uh, and let's hope it's not too long before the lower tilton and the lower cop stands get opened as well because yeah it still looks from a tv camera perspective that well there's no one there or well, there are people there there were sixteen thousand there which is our biggest attendance of the season but um the board has still got a lot of work to do to clean up both the stands and their reputation with supporters
2: Uh, Now then, it's been brought to our attention by long-standing listener Nathan that we haven't had nearly enough Blackpool chat on the pod this season. Well, they gave us the perfect excuse to put that right by beating Preston in the first iteration of this particular derby in 11 years. First time they've beaten Preston at home since 1997. How did
6: they do it, Adrian? Well, they played. They outplayed Preston. It was it was a very good team performance. It's Blackpool. It's just what what they've become under Neil Critchley. just really well balanced, very well organized. The team that Blackpool have right now, in a four four two, is just full of partnerships, and that is the key to football. Honestly, it's get good partnerships in midfield for them. It's Wintle and Dougal. Get a good centre half pairing and stick to it. That's what they've got with Marvin Ekpateta and and Richard Keogh, both of those really good in this game. We know about Yates and Medine. They got the nod up front. They called themselves York and Cole, which we've sniggered at, but they did, they did uh, combine nicely for for the goal. Did you see it? Little nutmeg pass, wasn't it, from from Yates on Andrew Hughes? It was a bit embarrassed, I'm sure. Um, wingers and full-backs working in unison. I just really like right like the way they're set up. They they don't change the team around that often, so yeah, they're going places, and 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 you feel that that they've taken not just taken the bragging rights over Preston, they've actually leapfrogged them in in the sort of pecking order of of where the clubs are now in that region in that part of the world. I think Blackpool are ahead of Preston. They're going places. They've got a good manager, good board, good ownership, and and you look at Preston and. They're just treading water, aren't they? Yeah, it's, 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 they're looking over their shoulders, Preston.
1: Even Blackpool have managed to sort of ride the loss of their keeper, Maxwell, who I think pound for pound is one of the best keepers in the championship. But Daniel Grimshaw's come in and done a more than creditable job in Maxwell's absence. What's that? One defeat in seven for Blackpool now? It's a very, very impressive run. Lots of wins in that sequence too. So i to played Neil Critchley.
4: Yeah, I was just just going to say on top as well. Let's not forget what a big derby this is for both teams, and for Blackpool to have the the bragging rights again for this fixture to be back is, is big for both sets of fans. And it just feels maybe that the tables have turned slightly now that it's Blackpool in the ascendancy after what they did last year, the way Neil has got them playing, like you guys just said, and Preston are going the other way. So it feels like a sort of changing of the guard right now in that part of the country. We've got some great derbies in the championship this this season, and um, yeah. Brilliant
2: for Blackpool. Yeah, Neil Critchley, definitely a, a coach to watch. One win in nine for plummeting Preston, though. Lucky for them, they got a nice, easy layup against Liverpool in the cup <laughs> on, on Ah, <Wednesday. laughs> uh, oh, great. Forest 0, Fulham 4 is next on the agenda. Um, Adrian, like me, you're in attendance. I, I thought 4 0 was harsh, but I also thought that a blindfolded chimp with his bootlaces tied together could have marked Mitrovic more effectively than Tobias Figueredo managed. <laughs>
6: Yeah, look, honestly, Forest, it was a bizarre game because Nottingham Forest played really well, I'd say, for 55 minutes, 60 minutes, and deserved to get an equaliser after a really sloppy opening concession from a corner where the one person you you really need to track inside the box is Mitrovic, and they didn't. So they paid a heavy price for that. Graben missed a a really good opportunity. And from that moment on, what we got was just a, a bit of a calamity from from Cooper's men, really. The defending was shocking, wasn't it, for for a couple of those goals and, and within the space of ten, fifteen minutes, y- you guys had gone from deserving to be leveled to being four 0 down. It was just very, very I, I I was on commentary on the radio and I, I couldn't be too critical of Nottingham Forest's overall performance. I just felt that that yeah, in those key moments they were sloppy. Fulham absolutely clinical. To me, the difference between Forest and Fulham, in, in regards to like playoff or promotion credentials, it was kind of laid bare, really. I think in central midfield, just don't think. I don't know if you agree, Matt, but in central midfield, I just don't think Forest have got much. You look quite pedestrian when you come up against the very best teams, and 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 for me, Siri was just in a class above what Nottingham Forest had in this game. Alongside Tom Kearney, absolutely bossed it, and and at the back, I thought that. Um, Toysin um was was really strong for Fulham. Um so yeah and Harry Wilson as well caught the eye. So yeah well played Fulham. But but no I don't think it's panic stations for for Cooper. Uh, he's still Cooper man.
4: I just wanted to add to what said there about uh, Jean-Michael Surrey you think Tom Kearney and Bobby Reid you think that midfield three they could be playing in the Premier League on their day and while you were saying the difference between the teams in the championship it's just where they have that little bit more quality isn't it compared to with respect the likes of Forrest and what they've got
1: and they're doing it Fulham at the minute without Fabio Carvalho, who was utterly outstanding in the first few yeah. weeks of the season. Um, still a mystery, I think he contracted COVID, didn't he? Because he had a toe problem, and I think he's now contracted COVID-19, which is why he's, he's not been around. But I watched him at Millwall earlier in the season. He scored, set up one, and was utterly outstanding. Uh, and this is a kid that, that sort of got his chance toward the end of last season when relegation was a certainty. Uh, when they get him back, they're even more frightening going forward, Fulham. For and it's great that Kearney's back as well, because that's, you know, that's a player that they've been without for some time. So, <laughs> Silva's got so many options now to play in and around Mitrovic, who just seems to love playing at this level. If
5: they
6: don't get top two, it, it, they, they've underperformed, haven't they? That that, yeah. that squad has to be top two. I, I don't think there's any getting away from it. Forrester in a different, different place. You also, Matt, I don't know if you agree on this, I just think you need a big centre-forward. I'm not saying get rid of Graben or Taylor, just someone different to give you a different option. That's what you lack. It's, it's a little bit samey when, when Forrest go forward, I think.
2: Yeah, they did try to get one, nearly got Josh Madger, but he changed his mind at, at the last minute. I, that, this is a, a bit of a cop-out in a way, Clark, and we will get off Forrest soon, but <laughs> the, Steve Cooper lamented the referee and I did think he was pretty bad. He was a, a late replacement. Have you ever seen a worse decision than that to book... Harry Wilson for a dive
6: when he was absolutely wiped out. It was an incredible
2: piece of referee. I
6: battered him on Coventry. Uh, Yeah, uh, but but I'll (laughs) let you into a secret. We didn't know that the referee, we hadn't been fed the information that the referee had changed at the last minute. So the poor ref who was crocked, Got got it in the neck for 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 myself for myself and Adam Bridge on commentary because he 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 kept on dishing out yellow cards for for pretty much nothing and Harry Wilson yeah I think he did he he just about restrained himself enough not to get red but I I would have been raging as well because he was absolutely wiped out.
2: Uh, Oh, well. Uh, Forrest can move on from that. It's weird to to come out of the ground after a 4-0 defeat and still feel optimistic about the future. When did you leave the
6: ground? Because a lot of fans left
2: early. 88.30. 88:30. People started leaving at around 65. But uh, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for having left early. But we're 4-0 down and, and that's how it finished. So anyway, um, right. We're still hanging our heads in shame. Speaking of that, from last week's disastrous acca, which was definitely the worst we've ever managed. And that's saying something. Uh, so, Abby, we're going to swerve that this week. Give us some um, Carabao Cup odds, please. We've still got a couple of Football League teams in the mix.
3: Yes, we do. And two of them play each other uh, tomorrow evening. It's QPR against Sunderland. Uh, QPR, unsurprisingly, being the championship side, are the favourites. They are 20 to 23 with Sunderland 13 to 5 and uh, the draw 14 to 5. Um, No sniggering at my Scottish accent, thank you. How many to
2: 5 was it, the first one?
3: Uh, 13. 13 uh, yeah uh we've mentioned Preston face Liverpool doesn't look good for them in the odds either uh Liverpool are 3 to 10 to to win that one uh Preston 15 to 2 the home side so you know no, never know an upset mm, no uh and Stoke face Brentford and uh Stoke are 19 to 10 Brentford the away side 13 to 10 there it is again and uh, the draw is 23 to 10
1: I must say as well Matt I'm looking forward to I'm going to QPR Sunderland tomorrow night to report on it. And I'm looking forward to seeing Dan Neal again. Adrian and I were up at the LNER Stadium when Lincoln played Sunderland in the Papa John's. I haven't seen a midfield performance like that from a youngster in many a year. Uh, and I'm hoping he plays again because I, I want to watch him again. I, I was really enthused, as was Clarke, I think. He was
6: brilliant. Honestly, I, he absolutely ran that game. Um, I know it's a Papa John's trophy game but it was it was quite a strong side that he was up against and he he was just absolutely in a different class to anyone on the pitch so yeah Dan Neil I think I don't think he had the best game at the weekend we're going to get to that now but he um he is a talent and I think we're going to hear it he he looks destined to play at much higher level than than league one that's for sure
2: Well if he does well in the week then we'll talk about him on Thursday's show next today though we're heading for League one.
0: So, Mr. Klopp, what's been troubling you? Well, it's a very important time of the year, and I'm worried we're not going to be able to get the most out of it. Yeah, there's a lot of big games coming up. Games? No, I'm talking about Oktoberfest, Salcourt, Steins, Lederhosen, the one time Germany comes to England, yeah! Sometimes it can seem like they don't know what they're doing, but with Paddy Power, you always know you're getting das best rewards, like money back as a free bet if one leg of your bet builder lets you down. Paddy Power! Pre-match, bet, but a bet, Sony, min odds 1 to 5 per leg, min 4 plus legs, max free bet 10 pounds per day, excludes enhanced match odds on an exclusive decency supply, 18 plus, be aware.org. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: Because you're a listener of the Totally Football League show, you can get a third off an Athletic subscription right now. All you need to do is head to theathletic.com forward slash league show. That's theathletic.com forward slash league show.
2: In League One, Plymouth and Wickham lead the way, 30 points each. Wanderers' latest W came courtesy of a 97th minute winner. Wycombe have now won five successive away games, their third crew remain bottom. They've won one of 14 games. Derailed. Ryan Bowman's perfect hat-trick plus an assist lifted Shrewsbury out of the relegation zone. And in weird transfer news, Bolton captain Anthony Sarcevic has signed for non-league Stockport County. Bolton boss Ian Evert said he was out of contract in the summer. This club is always looking for progression and at the moment we couldn't commit to give him any longer than the contract he was on. Uh, the Manchester Evening News reported that Sarcevic posted on his Instagram page that this sport is brutal and can be out of your control. That post seems to have been deleted now. Mm. It's a weird one, this dance, because presumably Bolton Mm. have had to cancel his contract to pay him off so that he can then sign for Stockport and he's going from League One to non-league. And it's not like a Wrexham kind of deal, is it? No, but nevertheless,
1: there's a trend starting here of players leaving the EFL to go down to National League. And it's not just Paul Mullin going from you know, uh, going from what, League One, I suppose, where he would have been with, with Cambridge to go to, to Wrexham two levels down. So I wonder whether this this trickle might become a flood. But, um, no, it's very curious, isn't it? The, 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 the truth will come out eventually, I suppose, whatever truth may be. But um, for the moment, that's the last thing Ian Everett needs when he's trying to uh, get things solidified.
6: So he didn't pay a fee then? Matt, as far no, as he knows.
4: just left. Yeah. Well, as far as we know, yeah. very very well, strange.
6: Look, it's, it's, it, look, as a player, if if they if you can cancel your contract and get a better deal elsewhere over a longer period of time, then 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 why not? It's just going down so many levels.
1: Don't um, stop Port play Bolton in the Cup soon.
4: Yeah, in the FA Cup, I, I think I think there was a bust up and things from what I've seen, but I mean, who knows if that's true as well? You did, it's really hard, isn't it, to you know all the facts? But for a player, just to leave that was captaining the side. And he didn't finish. He didn't feature. I think he came off the bench against Argyle, and Farghar on his old side, which would have really hurt. It's just weird. Get your money it? on
1: him to score. Get your money on him to score 100%. against Bolton in the cup. Yeah. Yeah. Come off Narrative. the rounds very
6: quickly, Bolton.
1: Yeah.
6: Strange
2: one. Uh, right, no doubt about the result of the day in League One on Saturday. Coupons busted up and down the land by Charlton, who won 1-0 at the Stadium of Light. Johnny Jackson taking care of business after the departure of Nigel Adkins. Thomas Sandgaard says he'll give Jackson time. Michelle, I think that's chairman speak for I sacked the last guy without having his replacement
5: line.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But look, what a way to start your, whether it be interim or permanent reign in charge, you know. And the fans seem to quite like him. He knows the players. He knows the club inside out. And to beat Sunderland away from home 1-0, it's a fantastic start. Yeah, there's been plenty of names linked already, if you believe what you read on the internet, but he's made no secret of the fact, Johnny Jackson, that he would love the job. So what does does Sandegaard do? Does he give him a little bit of time and see what comes in the next few games? Or like you said, does he just not have someone lined up? Which I don't know. I find that hard to believe in this day and age of football, but Nigel Atkins left in a really classy way, which you'd expect no less, but I don't think that Charlton got what they thought they would over summer in terms of the business they did. And they've been looking to some of the youngsters and things as well. So yeah, good for Johnny Jackson. Great win to start with. And like I said, he knows the players. The thing that I find weird with this, and Clarky probably is more of an insight, is when assistants and coaches that have been around the club, they come in and they take charge. Now, is it that they've been on the sideline and are not able to implement their ideas properly before? And this is their opportunity to do it. But if they've been there before, weren't they part of the issue? So that always, I find quite quite confusing. I think it's the first, not the latter. What do you think, Parky?
6: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, some managers, it's a real partnership, isn't it? In terms of they're completely aligned in the way they think. And 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 everything's joined up in terms of their thinking. But, but in, in other scenarios, a coach might disagree with the manager and put forward their point of view. But... But the gaffer has the final say and um, and that can happen. Obviously, Johnny Jackson was at the club before Nigel Atkins. He was there with Lee Lee Bowie. So he's probably more aligned, let's be honest, to, to Lee Bowie's thinking tactically uh, than, than Nigel Atkins. So he's probably sitting on his hands a little bit, you know, just, you know, biting his tongue, saying, you know, not not interfering too much when, when Nigel was so intent really on playing four, four, two 2 or whatever. But... What he did, Johnny Jackson, in this game was stamp his own mark on it straight away. Um, 5-3-2, Jonathan Lecco at wing back. We wouldn't have seen that coming, you know, out-and-out winger who who was brilliant in the game. And he brought back George Dobson in defensive midfield who was sort of frozen out by Adkins. So he only had a few days, made some big calls and nailed it. So, yeah, I think he's earned his, you know, he's, he's earned his stripes. Been been at the club for ages as a, as a coach, highly respected. Give him a chance. Nathan Jones, I remember, was was Chris Hewton's assistant for years. He was number two at various, you know, mainly at Brighton, but he or number two or number three at Brighton. Sooner or later, these guys want to take the plunge. and I think this might be his time.
1: All Johnny's got to do is profess his undying love for Metallica's Black Album to Thomas Sandberg, and he's in. He <laughs> can name his price. <laughs> at this point, and, and do you know what? Let's mention Let's mention Jason Yule at this point as well. Who's yeah, another yeah. guy who's been involved with the academy at Charlton and seen some of the young players come through. He's been working with with Johnny Jackson. He's part of that team. I, I love Jason to pieces. Known him for a number of years, and i have known how hard he's worked at the academy under very under duress. Let's Let's have it right in the uh, in the De era. So. If people like Johnny Jackson and Jason Yule are going to benefit from new ownership and a chance to take the club on, I can't think of two more deserving people than those two. Uh,
2: and Sam Parkin insists that we pour- point out that Johnny Jackson was very well-dressed on the touchline as well. So well done on that one, Johnny. Uh, Sunderland's perfect home record gone. A little bit unlucky here, though. Don't think Stockley will get a three-game ban like Lee Johnson suggested, but maybe Sunderland should have had a penalty. They can move on from this pretty quickly, though. All right, some things that take 40 seconds as researched by producer Abby: The 4 by 100 meter women's relay, one set in a Joe Wicks workout and scoring a goal against Burton. Uh, that's how we're leading into our talk about Burton One Oxford Three. Unlike Oxford, uh, that was pretty clunky. Over to use midfielder Cameron Brannigan for this week's Banal Footballers Post Match Tweet of the Week. Cameron says massive win on the road. Fans class as always. Grimacing face emoji. Smiling face with eyes tightly closed emoji. <laughs> Questionable emoji use there. I think Cameron, but otherwise, bang on point. Um, dance. No Robbo, no problem for Oxford here. Carl's been isolating; he's been doing that for a while, and it seems that it doesn't matter too much.
1: No, I saw that picture of him uh, that was on the highlights show with his feet up on the old Chess's Longre uh, with the with the eye follow up, so he could uh, watch what was going on at the Kazan the other week. But yeah, to, to go in front through Matty Taylor as quickly as they did to take the win from Burton Sales is great. I, I'm keeping an eye on Steve Seddon here; he's a Birmingham ex-Birmingham player who. I feel for a little bit that he never got the chance to establish himself as a left-back at, at my club, but I think he's terrific and I I think League One is a level where he's already... I think... I'm not sure whether Adrian was with me when he was on loan at AFC Wimbledon. They played at Luton and he was he was the man of the match. It might have been David Connolly that was with me, Clarkie, rather than yourself, but it's rare that you go to a game and the left-back is the man of the match because normally there's an influencer elsewhere on the pitch. But, um, yeah, Carl's clearly well depends on what happens when he comes back once he's back in the dressing room with the players whether they're actually pleased to see him or not once he returns but um yeah more they had a sluggish start didn't they Oxford but they're picking up um, picking up now nice and steady.
2: Yeah, back in the playoffs, Michelle, but I'm always sort of loath to get behind them as proper promotion contenders just because they, they tend to lack a bit of consistency. Four wins from their last five games in League One would maybe suggest that they are finding it now, albeit not great away, and they've got to go to Ipswich and Wigan in the coming weeks.
4: Yeah, but you say not great away, they took a single point from their opening four away games and then they've just got back-to-back wins for the first time since January. So you got to think, is this a, a turning point on the road potentially I just think Matty Taylor is such a gem you know he didn't quite get the chance at championship level with Bristol City really but seeing him fly straight in League 1 and, and consistently scoring for Oxford United you know I know they've got an array of, of, of brilliant players but he was fantastic his performance against Burton I thought from what I saw in the highlights was, was wonderful and yeah, it's again hard to place where Oxford will do it, but if they can sort that away form out a little bit, they've got the back-to-back wins now and massive tests coming up, like you said. Maybe we'll get more of a picture of where they're at in this next sort of run of handful of games.
2: Where are Burton at, Clarkie? I mean, literally on on the fringes of the playoffs and, and literally in the East Midlands. Um, <laughs> but do you actually expect them to be able to to kind
6: of keep the pace? Another no. team I'm I'm sort of not no, that I convinced don't really. by. No, I think they've done very well to get themselves into this position. Yeah, I think if they finish in the middle of the pile, Birmingham City star that they, that they, they'll have um they'll have done well. I really do. Um I think three things to point out really from this game. They were a mess at the back. The goals were awful. And 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 Oshijala, Oshilaja is the player that was missing. The player who is at Charlton they signed in the summer who's been pretty good at centre back. He he was out. Daniel Jeberson. Want to see him start more games like again he was on the bench um i think achings and, and hemmings played and you know two good servants but jefferson's got a little bit of more magic in his boots i think he's worth a bit more game time and, and maybe the last most important issue to raise is is billy the brewer has left the club
1: no. Another yeah. departed
6: mascot? Billy, Billy, Billy oh, the Brewer no. is gone.
1: Yeah, handed in his notice. Even Gunnasaurus is back now. What's
6: going on here? <laughs> well, is might, might be a different different person inside, Gunnasaurus. No. Um, yeah, what? There's a person yeah.
4: inside them?
6: Stop. <laughs> 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 uh, but Billy the Brewer is gone. So they're, they're advertising what? the role. So look, if anyone fancies it out there in the East Midlands, I mean, you're not that far, are you, Matt? From Burton Albion, you could. Um, you know, I give it a will. Yeah, I don't know if you're happy enough though, are you? <laughs> Ouch! Um, well, I tell you what, I'll do.
2: I'll, I'll have a go. I'll have a go as Billy the Brewer for one game, and then I'll cancel my contract and sign with a national league team. Not yeah, that's team. yeah, yeah. That's Good, shout. Good shout. Good <laughs> shout.
6: Not happy enough.
2: That really hurt. Um, Abby, you can you give you us some... Be,
6: no, but I didn't mean that personally. You've got you to be a little bit... you, you got to be a bit giddy, haven't you, to be a mascot, let's be Stop honest. Stop digging. <laughs>
2: uh, Abby, help Clarkie out here. Give us some odds on something. League One base, please.
3: Well, we have two league matches tomorrow. Um, Doncaster versus... Cambridge Doncaster you might be surprised uh, given that they are second bottom in the league are the favorites in this one they're 7 to 5 uh, they face Cambridge who are 2 to 1 Cambridge haven't won in uh, six games but Doncaster have only scored nine goals this entire season so maybe the draw at 11 to 5 is a little bit more uh, interesting to you we've also got Wigan against Lincoln and Wigan unsurprisingly the favorites here uh, 7 to 10 Lincoln seven to two and the draw 14 to five
2: thanks abby last stop league two this episode is supported by season three of FX's welcome to wrexham celebrity owners rob mcelhenney and ryan reynolds small town welsh football club has finally been promoted into league two after 15 seasons in the national league dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: This is the Totally Football League Show with Matt Davis-Adams.
2: two headlines, FGR go five points clear after Clarkie predicted a nil-nil between Tranmere and Northampton. <laughs> the Cobblers ended up giving Rovers a shoeing. Uh, there are four teams all on 23 points, they occupy the playoff places. Scunthorpe won again, but they're joined in the relegation zone by Mansfield. Uh, Salford have signed a former lifeguard. Bad to Ollie Fannin. Some people stand in the darkness, afraid to step into the light. He's told the Amis, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Never you fear. No, don't you fear. I'll be ready. Forever and always, I'm always here. Uh, at least for the duration of his contract. Uh, speaking of Salford, that's where we'll start our League 2 look back, for they were the latest victims of the unstoppable force that are Forest Green Rovers. Despite taking the lead, the away side couldn't hold on, as Rovers were fully charged at the new Kevin Lawn. Not a great weekend for Gary Neville, basically. And, and Gary Bowie is actually doing quite a reasonable Ole and a Solskjaer impersonation, I think. Every time it, it looks as though he's in trouble, he's pulled the result out. But but that's not sustainable, Adrian, is it, knowing what we know about Salford?
6: Yeah, I'm surprised. They've not dispensed with his services. They've, they've spent so much money on, on wages, I think, to, to attract some of the bigger names in, in League Two. And they just can't find any consistency, can they? They don't look like scoring multiple goals in games they've really struggled to not create they've created plenty but they just yeah they're not scoring enough enough goals and and here i've got to say i felt sorry for them a little bit because because the quality of the goals that were scored against them was just ridiculous it was premier league quality goals you know on a league two pitch so so yeah in this particular match they'd obviously miss mcelini and low and and daba they tried something new they put the center half and daba Who's been on loan from Ipswich? They put him in midfield, and yeah, maybe it it was an experiment that didn't didn't pay off for them on the day. But yeah, I don't think this is a reason to get rid of Gary Bowyer because they were beaten by by some amazing strikes. But but yeah, it can't go on much longer because they don't want to stand still, do they? That that club wants to keep moving forward.
2: So that's Salfords. FGR, though, Ian, I mean, they're a class apart in this division this season. The eight points between them and the playoff pack already, it's going to take something pretty momentous to derail them.
1: I am mightily impressed with what Rob Edwards has been doing. Um, I did go there, actually, earlier in the season. Uh, well, I went there first for that dramatic semi-final second leg of the playoffs against Newport at the end of last season in lashing rain. And of course, Forrest Green had their chances to go to Wembley, but of course, it never quite happened for them. But I saw them beat Bristol City in the Carabao Cup early in the in the season, and I was really impressed with the with with the passing and Ibu Adams' industry and behind the front two. We know about Jamil Matt and Matt Stevens, but you know there's other players as well. Who Bailey Cargill's a player I've kept an eye on for a very long time since Eddie Howe was trying to bring him through at, at Bournemouth and it, he never quite made the grade i thought he was going to make the grade as a premier league player when bournemouth were up there but yeah it's a it's a smashing club really nice people there to to work with and of course it's in a gorgeous part of gloucestershire for people who haven't been nailsworth is a lovely lovely little town and forest green rovers are well yeah that there is um there is well what's the the way of looking at it? They're as striking as their shirts in terms of the way they go forward. It's uh, it's they're as luminous as their uh, as their as their home strip. They're 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 a great team to watch. There's there's so much to recommend about Forest Green. I wish them well. I hope they go up.
4: I just want to add to what Dan said there as well. It's a great place to go. I mean, if I was local, I think we go down a lot. And I love you know the ethos behind the club. We all know about that. It's been talked about a lot. And they've just been struggling to find the net a little bit. Um, at home, I think they just scored one in their last four at home, and that'll just be a little little weight off their mind now, and they can push on. But yeah, five points clear at the top. And Rob Edwards, I don't think a lot of people would have known who he was before this season, and he's making an incredible name for himself. So yeah, Fair I know to. I've
6: praised yeah I know I've praised them a lot this season, but the the two wing backs kind of make them. I mean, what a go- what goals the the two worldies, the free kick from Cadden. Um, the solo go, the solo goal from Wilson. It's just the fullbacks dazzling week in week out. They're, they're sort of eight or nine out of ten every single week. And yeah, if you if you play with wing backs and your wing backs are that good, you're going to look. You're going to make that pitch big and test the opposition, and and that's what they do. So yeah, they, they look a good bet, don't they, to go up this season?
1: I just want to go back again and watch that solar powered robot cut in the grass that I, like I saw last time I was there. <laughs> that's quite a sight if you've not seen that before uh, right
2: final game we're going to talk about was the Battle of the H's Hartlepool 3 Harrogate 2 uh, Harrogate no wins in 3 all, a, all of a sudden but Hartlepool 2 goals down came back to win it by 3-2 to two, both sides on 23 points and Michelle something that we've spoken about a lot on the pod this season but this kind of reinforces the point. There is not much of a gap between the National League and League Two. The, these two teams both recently into it and, and both making short work of it.
4: Yep, that's what I was going to say. Would you have expected them to be 5th and 7th respectively on joint points in, well, towards the end of October? It's pretty incredible and that was a huge comeback for Hartlepool in the context of their season. How big could that be? You know, the table would look pretty different this morning if we were looking at it that Harrogate had held on one 2 nil, but as always, Jeff's reaction on, on Soccer Saturday, I thought was actually considerably measured compared to what he can be like normally. <laughs> um, but it's huge for Hartlepool, you know, and and for them in the context of their season and for Harrogate and their form, what does that do to them mentally now? But looking at the table, it's so exciting in League Two. I mean, all of them are serving up a treat, as usual. That's why we love the EFL, and that's why we have all these clichés, because it's always so entertaining. But Hardly anything to, to choose between the top, well, the top 10, 12 sides between Port Vale and Newport County. And even below them, there's not a big chasm. So really enjoying it. And huge for Hartley Hall at the weekend. Bit of a blow to Harrogate because they could have been a couple of
2: places higher. Is it a big blow for them, Ian, do you think? Harrogate, can they get back on the horse? I see they've got Bristol well, Road. They're, at they're home. Their home form's the pretty
1: good, isn't it, um, at, at Weatherby Road? So... Um, Simon Weaver has never been a a man uh, under pressure, shall we say? When you know from dad, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what is it? Two thousand and nine. He's had the job since. It's it's a it's a fair old it's a fair old period of time he's had. So the, there'll be no panic at uh, Harrogate. Uh, and, I, and I think for the very point that Michelle made there, you know, uh, and that you've made, they're not long in, uh, back at this level. They're still readjusting, finding their feet, finding what their level is. Um, So the fact that they, they are competitive with all those other teams down to Newport, like Michelle said, that's testament to how they've adjusted as quickly as they have.
2: Adrian, I note here that the Hartlepool goals came within a seven-minute spell. What's it like when you're on the pitch and you, you're playing in a team that are flying like that? You must feel utterly invincible when you just everything you're hitting is going in and they're all worldly goals as well.
6: Yeah, it, it happened a, yeah, two or three times probably in my career. It, it is really exciting. You get that adrenaline wave and, and you think, well, oh, give me the ball and we can just... Because you can sense weakness. You can smell it in the opposition when they, they're beginning to panic. And when, as a collective, you're all on it and chasing, chasing that, and, and looking to punish, it's it's brilliant. And yeah, I, I think we come. When one game came back from four nil down to four all, that was that was brilliant. Um, so yeah, re- really, exciting to be part of it. And obviously, to do it in front of the home fans is even sweeter. Six wins in home, uh, six wins in seven home matches now. For dave challenger's side he made a change tactically so we should give him a little bit of credit here they started 4-4-2 diamond and he made a change and brought on lidl at half time has been injured for a while he was a third center back so they went to 3 2 and it it really worked like a dream for them um, there was a carbon copy i don't know if you saw it of luke Shaw's goal in the euros final where one one wing back knocks it to the other and he hits it on the half volley. I thought it was absolutely identical. But the bottom line is, in this game, as good as that comeback was, the referee spoiled it because the referee made one of the worst decisions I've seen this season. It was outrageous. Um, I, I rewound it and rewound it over and over to see what I could see. And, and, and it basically, they scored from a corner, Harrogate. Um, it was Thompson that whipped it straight in. It would have made it 3-0. At the start of the second half, and the ref blew up for a foul on the keeper. No one was near the keeper. It was it was a ridiculous call, and 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 Simon Weaver has has been extremely outspoken. I think in in the aftermath of that game. So yeah, look, what will happen with the referee Simon Mather, I don't know. But apologies don't really matter, do they, when you you've been done and lost all the points?
1: But you know, always good value with little. Oh man.
2: I feel for Michelle having two exponents of the dad joke on the pod I know there's a lot of dad jokes
3: going on
2: today ready to go now Uh, Abby? we've got a midweek match in League 2 it's between Colchester and Sutton what's Paddy's read of that?
3: Um, they very, very slightly make Colchester the favourites here. Another team that have only scored nine goals this season. They're thirteen to eight, and uh, Sutton are seventeen to ten. I would probably be backing the Sutton on this one, just because, yeah, nine goals isn't isn't a good read so far. Uh, the draw is eleven to five as well.
2: Thanks, Abby. You can find out these odds and more at PaddyPower.com or the PaddyPower app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only. T's and C apply. And when the fun stops, stop. <laughs> Uh, Before we play the outro music cueing the end of another pod, in light of Ryan Bowman's perfect hat-trick just weeks after concerns over heart palpitations, I want to know what's the closest thing to perfect that you did this weekend? Uh, Adrian, I'll start with you.
6: (laughs) I was scraping the barrel here because, uh, yeah, very little in in regards to, to, to anything of perfection from me at the weekend. It came in the first hour and a half of the weekend. It's the perfect timing of my return home from, from the Emirates on Friday night. It costs five pound a day to park in the train car park. And I ended up going into the next day. So I was thinking I'm done for a tenner here. This is two days worth, absolute disaster. And I got there and I put the old ticket on the thing. And because I've gone into the weekend i get it at the weekend rate of two pounds. So it was absolutely perfect timing to make it, you know, after midnight. Um, so I was really chuffed myself. Um, that's as close as I got to doing anything perfect at the weekend. The rest of it, I was awful. Shocking.
2: I'm really pleased for you. And actually, I'm going to jump in here because mine's train station related too. I don't know if you've ever tried to reverse into the short stay car park at Grantham, but it is not easy. And I found that out to my cost, specifically a cost of £600 to repair a car, a car door a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tried it this weekend, absolutely nailed it, perfectly within the lines, no damage to other vehicles. That was as close <laughs> to perfect as I got this weekend. Um, what about you, Michelle? I
4: actually had a lovely weekend because my little boy turned two. And he is, well, he doesn't really have a choice. He's a massive football fan already. Loves football. He'll kick the ball for hours in the garden. And he's got a little goal, which is probably about just under two foot high. Now, as, as Clark will attest, you know, mm-hmm. to a good strike of the ball, practice in the small goals. So yeah. uh, I tried a Robona from one end of the garden to another, and it went top bins. Now, the garden is only... We'll say eight metres long, so we're trying to sell the house. Um, the garden's only eight <laughs> metres long, and it was one of those, you know, the balls on the beach that will just fly around. They're really light ones, the kids' balls. But look, it looked good. Um, I don't have any evidence yeah. that this happened, but my two-year-old might tell you that it did.
2: <laughs> Dance, can you compete with uh, an end-to-end Rabona?
1: Well, I'll, I'll try. I'll bend the rule slightly, if you don't mind, Matt, because um, I class the midweek as my weekend because... As we all know, weekends are not really ours to have as weekends. But I got behind uh, my drum set and played a gig for the first time in 20 months in Portsmouth on Wednesday night with my theatre, Rock Band Leather and Lace, and I've been waiting such a long time to get back on stage and play. I forgot my my fan that I normally put uh, around my kit so I can keep myself cool whilst I'm playing. So I sweated cobs, but it was worth it because it was two hours of... Of getting back to one of the things I love doing most, which is uh, playing the drums. So that was, I, I could have, I could have dropped sticks all night, Matt. I could have made mistakes all over the place, and it still would have been perfect. So, <laughs>
4: and you got to plug Enjoy in there for it. your band as
1: well. See, win There you winner. go. So, yeah, see, I've nothing, <laughs> nothing gets past me. Yeah. When's the <laughs> world Give us tour? The, plug? the world <laughs> tour? Where, uh, that's in the works. Where, 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 you know, if if you want to. You know, promote us, Adrian. Uh, You know, I'm sure you can find us some venues in the uh, East Midlands you can get us into, can't you? Absolutely. Good lad
2: have a word with Dale Vince as well he'll make sure that it's carbon neutral your, your world tour um, before we go we want to say a huge congratulations to our friend Sam Parkin who welcomed in baby Billy last Thursday uh, we've seen a picture he's got his dad's hair any advice on how to look after two youngsters will be greatly received by him uh, that'll do it for us today though. we'll be back on Thursday until then many thanks to Ian to Adrian to Michelle to producer Abby and mainly to you for listening we'll catch up with you later in the week bye for now
3: You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show part of the Athletic Podcast Network Listen ad-free on the Athletic app and keep up to date with everything Totally by heading to at the Totally Show on Twitter and on Insta Find out the latest subscription offers by going to theathletic.com forward slash league show The Totally Football League Show is an Athletic Media Company production
1: The Athletic